You're listening to Sew, Organised, Style podcast. I'm Maria Theoharis or Velosos, and today let's welcome Vicky Martin or Ms. Vicky of Those Darn So and So's Facebook. Sew, Organised, Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors. The Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Welcome Miss Vicky and thanks for coming on Sew Organised Style podcast. Good morning. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your Facebook group those darn so-and-sos <laughs> yes there's so many different people who are on your facebook group who have the whole rockabilly vintage theme going we'd like to hear about what brought you to rockabilly vintage what motivates you and how amazing your facebook group is thank you i'm excited to be here i'm very honored oh we're really pleased that you could make it you know it's really great to have Australian locals who are doing things for the sewing community and for people who have amazing interests like you do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was not raised in a sewing house. My mum didn't sew. My grandmother didn't sew. My great-grandmother probably did, but I didn't really. I was too young. And so I was not raised to sew. And when I was in high school, I did home economics and I would actually sneer at my home economics teacher in the sewing class I got a d in sewing because I would say to my home economics teacher why on earth would I want to sew my own clothes like so disgusted like why would I sew my own clothes when I could just go into like venture or woolies or something and buy my own clothes no way and so I really hated it I just thought why would you want to sew your own clothes it's ridiculous and so I didn't start actually sewing until about eight years ago and so I'm 47 now so I'm a late bloomer to the sewing I'd always wanted to sew but was too lazy <laughs> to to want to sew. But yeah, so I never grew up a, a, in a sewing house, no. Miss Vicky, your sewing room looks like you've made up for lost time. <laughs> uh, yes, I was absolutely hooked on sewing right from the very start. And yeah, and it's now just my total passion. I just absolutely... Love it. It's one of the only crafts that I've attempted and I've attempted a lot of them. Like, you know, oh, I'll take up knitting and that lasts like a week and doesn't. Sewing's the only craft that I've ever done that with each thing I sew, I want to sew more. And um, yeah, it just has grown bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I love it. So from what you've said, where you've come from, whatever opinion you have, you are passionate about it. 
from the time when you were at school and you said, forget it. And now it's like, I want to do more. So you're a very passionate person. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Opinionated in school. <laughs> My poor high neck teacher, Mrs. Hilston, the poor woman. I put her through so much grief. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have been the only one. Mm, no. <laughs> so how did you find sewing was your niche? Uh, that, it was a, a little, a little bit of a tale. So I discovered the rockabilly scene in the mid nineties and I was never into vintage at all. I was a metalhead and never wore dresses and I discovered rockabilly. And the first time I saw the girls in their vintage outfits, I just, it was like a light bulb went off and I went, this is me. Oh my God, this is where I belong. And it just spoke to me. I always had girlfriends in that scene that used to sew their own dresses because this is in the nineties, pre-internet and eBay. And so it was hard to find vintage dresses. We would trawl swap meets and flea markets and garage sales for old women's weekly magazines and home journals. And this was all in Queensland? Yep, in Queensland. And I was always very jealous that they could just whip up a frock for the dance coming up, you know, in two weeks' time, and they would just whip up these fabulous frocks, normally made from, like, passed-down patterns from their parents or patterns found from home journal magazines. But at that time, I was just too busy drinking a lot of wine and dancing a lot. <laughs> and having too much of a party and I still had that mindset, ah, I don't want to sew my own things. I'm too busy having a good time. So then, uh, sorry, it's a bit of a long tale. Then about eight years ago, I, I have bipolar. I discovered that my alcohol intake was not normal and I was basically, to put it bluntly, an alcoholic and was just drinking massive amounts of massive amounts of wine, Rawson's mm. Retreat, my old nemesis. And after a particularly bad, this is going somewhere, by the way, to do with No, sewing. it's okay. No, keep going. It's fine. <laughs> um, after what, a particularly bad depressive episode brought on by Rawson's Retreat, I decided enough was enough and I just stopped drinking. I just said, I'm never drinking again. I can't drink. My bipolar brain doesn't process alcohol like a normal person. I'm not drinking ever again. So six months later, my husband buys me 10 classes to a sewing school. He knew that I'd always wanted to sew. I had a sewing machine. My mum bought me a sewing machine when I was like 20 and I just didn't even unwrap it. It just went straight in the cupboard and just sat there mm. and I never even looked at it. And um, so I already have this brand new sewing machine and he bought me 10 classes with this lady in Redcliffe. I'll do a shout out to her, Brenda. And Brenda is like about a fourth generation dressmaker locally here in Redcliffe. And from the first lesson and that first really crappy, crappy apron that I made that was horrible, mm. I just was absolutely hooked. I just loved it. I just couldn't wait to make something else. And then the next thing I made was a pair of these absolutely hideous, hideous boxer shorts that were like the waist was too high and the crotch was too low and they're made out of leopard print and I still have them. Okay. And they're called the jungle pants and I do a special jungle pants dance when I wear them. So anyway, I had my 10 classes and I was, I just loved it. And so I signed up for another 10 classes with Brenda and then another 10 classes with Brenda. And 
Brenda could see that I was really super passionate with everything that I saw. I just couldn't wait to learn more and I just loved it that I ended up going to her outside of classes and I'd go, how do I do this weird pleat? And she'd go, come around and I'll show you how to do it. Oh, that's nice. And that basically started it. And I now find sewing like a meditation for me. I get lost in it and it's really helped me overcoming like that's how I got through not drinking anymore. This is sort of my new addiction. <laughs> this fabric is fabric's my new addiction. Sounds like a good one though. So sorry, there was a long tail, but that is how I how I started sewing. I mean, having sewing as an addiction is not a bad thing. <laughs> I, I love, I saw a meme once that was, um, if you teach your kids to sew, they'll never have money for drugs. <laughs> And I thought that was great. <laughs> it's like, nah, I'm glad that you can't actually really see the whole sign room because it is, it's a mess. Like it, it's just, I have a very small house and a very small sewing room with a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's just stuff piled everywhere. I think it's quite tidy. What? <laughs> I'm not showing you my sewing room. <laughs> There's stuff everywhere. Stuff everywhere. Oh, my yeah. God. And then all the unfinished projects. Yep. <laughs> all the unfinished projects hanging everywhere. <laughs> the reminders that they want you and they want you now. I know. Oh, God. So by being bipolar, have you always known that? I was diagnosed when I was about 31. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was something wrong. My early 20s were terrible because I wasn't medicated and I wasn't diagnosed and I actually thought I might have been schizophrenic. Yeah, I was really, really bad mentally and I would go to doctors and yeah, keep in mind this is the early 90s, so yes. like 91, 92. And, you know, I'd go to doctors and tell them that I was hallucinating and all these really weird things were going on. I'm like, this isn't normal to be this way. And they would just either tell me I was just a little bit stressed and I needed to take some Valium or it was hormonal and I should just go on the pill. And so there wasn't a lot of information about bipolar then, or it was called manic depression back then. And yeah, so I wasn't diagnosed for a very long time. Yeah. And basically I tried to commit suicide when I was 31 and I didn't obviously. <laughs> and I'm a real advocate for Beyond Blue mm -hmm. because when I failed, I went online and I was just typing. I didn't know what to do. And I just started typing in my symptoms and Beyond Blue came up Yeah, and I rang them and they put me onto a GP and I went there straight away and he said, oh my God, you've got bipolar. How come you've never been diagnosed? And he put me on the proper medication. And within a week I was completely changed person and it was life-saving. I'd be dead now for sure. So the difference between how you felt and how you feel now that's what you were looking for when you went for a diagnosis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Big time. Oh, oh, yeah, it was terrible. And even I look back now on my childhood and my teenage years and it's evident to me now Yeah. that yeah. my behaviours, you know, weren't really normal. <laughs> yeah, I've never really looked at And giving up alcohol, though, was like the big the really big thing for me because drinking alcohol and having bipolar is even being medicated is not a good combination. Mm, mm. Yeah. And so sewing then has replaced alcohol and I just lose myself in sewing, you know? A normal sewing day for you, when you say you lose yourself, what does that really mean in a day or in a project? Well, 
if I've got a, a particular project, you know, I can't stop thinking about it. And so I'm just like, ah, my favourite thing is to sew for an event. So if I've got something coming up, I look through all my patterns, what can I wear, you know, I'll have to find the perfect fabric. And I'll basically wake up in the morning and I'll just sew and then I'll just keep going. And then all of a sudden, you know, my husband will knock on the door and go, are you going to eat something today? And I'll go, what? what time is it? And I'll think it's like 10 o'clock and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and I've just been sewing all day. And um, oh. I'll go, oh yeah, I'll just have to finish this one seam. And then another two hours goes by and I just have to finish this zipper. And I, you just got to do this. You just got to do that. To, I find it hard to stop once I start. That's good. Honestly, it's really lovely that your husband gave you those sewing lessons oh, to start off with he's a good did, egg did he ever say how he came to that decision he just knew that I'd always wanted to sew like I'd always yeah like I'd always said you know we'd go to a dance and okay oh you know my friends she made that dress how good would that be to be able to make a dress I'd love to learn how to sew I'd mm. love to be able to do it and I've had got stacks of home journal magazines and I would flick through them and the patterns and go, oh, I'd love to be able to make that. And now you do. And now I do, yeah. Rockabilly is a big part of your life. Can you tell us how that all came about? Oh, oh my God, that's another big tale. Go for it. Oh, okay, like I said, I was never into vintage. I was actually a metalhead. I was into Guns N' Roses big time and going to the Speedway and wearing tight black lead jeans. And... My girlfriend invited me to the Gold Coast to see a blues band. I really liked blues music. And so we went to this blues bar and I was standing up the top on the balcony, drinking heavily, you know, bourbon and coke. And I looked down and all of a sudden this bunch of rockabillies walked in. I didn't know what a rockabilly was. I'd never heard of rockabilly. I'd never had any exposure to anything like that. Next thing, this group of guys walked in with their leather jackets and jeans and motorcycle boots and these girls came in all dressed up and I just was like wow that is so awesome I've always liked people that don't follow the crowd people that um, are unique even in school my girlfriend and I made a point of never dressing like other people if black was in or pink was in we'd wear green mm -hmm. so I always really liked subcultures and punks and things like that so these people walked in and I just was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. And this fella down there looked up and caught my eye and I just went, eh, hello. And um, <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short, we ended up getting married. <laughs> we met at the club and basically we never left each other's side since then. That's my first husband and I'm not married to him anymore. Hey, shout out to Michael, my first husband. And so he had been a rockabilly since he was like 13. And his whole house was all original 1950s. Everything is 1950s, every single thing. And when I went to his house the first time, I just went, this is so awesome. And then we ended up moving in together and just gradually, like, you know, would meet these girls and they were, they gave me all home journals and all these magazines. And I just went, I just love it. And the first time I wore a frock, it was like a light bulb went off and I just went, this is who I am. Like, I just, this is it. Like, oh my God, I finally found my identity and, and who I am. And I just fell into it and that was it. And now 25 years later, yeah, I can't imagine being normal. <laughs>
and so that's how I got into vintage. Yeah. And then the internet came along and oh my God, eBay. You just could not source the, the source, the fabric oh, and the images that, that you made. You yeah. could get fabric, you could buy vintage dresses from America. Yeah. You know, amazing. And so, shoes and hats. I know. And so, so yeah, that's how I got into, into vintage. Your Facebook group, what is it called again? It's called Those Darn So-and-Sos. Right. And how did you come up with the name? No, I can't even right. really remember. Uh, the only reason I ask is because darn is like darning. So yes, no, well, that, that's exactly. It's a play on that word, right? Yeah, it's a play on that word. And I think I might have even heard it in a movie, like an old movie where somebody went, oh, those old darn so-and-sos. And I went, hey. That's like, good. There's so-and-sos but with S-E-W and done. So, yeah. And do you run the Facebook group yourself or have I you don't. got a team? You do. No, no, no. It's just no. me. Yeah. No, it's just me who runs it, who admins it. So how many followers have you got on the Facebook group? Oh, my goodness. We're nearly up to 20,000 now. We're like just under 20,000 people from all over the world, from everywhere around the world are in the group now. It's amazing. See, and the reason I ask that is because there are a lot of Facebook groups who have that amount of followers and they have an admin team behind them, whereas with yours, you're the only one who's running it. So that's, that's a huge feat in itself, Miss Vicky. <laughs> um, I'm very fortunate, though. I think the members of those dance so-and-sos are just, like, fantastic people. And, you know, I have a thing in the group where if anybody sees anything or something's put on the group that's not nice right um then they can just quickly report it to me and I deal with it as soon as possible that rarely happens though so I don't know I I don't really feel like I need a team maybe I'm just a control freak and I just like <laughs> the only one who, who's taking care of everything and so do you have a schedule around what you do with the group or is it just organic it's pretty organic. I, I get on there every day and read through and have a look at what everybody's posting every day. And I don't comment on everything, but I try to acknowledge everybody's posts because there can be a lot on there. Yeah. I just basically have a look and go, oh, isn't that nice? Everybody's still posting up lots of things. And yeah, I sort of have a look and if I get some messages sometimes from people will ask questions. Is it okay for me to post this? And yeah. See, that's not. really good that they're asking you ahead of time if it seems slightly not. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you have a lovely group of followers. Oh, they're yeah. just, it, it's just so beautiful. Like they're just really, really beautiful bunch of people. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Hmm. Miss Vicky, how big is your wardrobe? Oh, God. Oh, my God. This is like a big thing now that anybody is thinking about sewing. This is if I if I had a warning to anybody who is going to take up sewing and become addicted is because now I sew for things coming up. Like even if we're going out for dinner in two weeks, I'll go, oh, I'll just whip up a new blouse or dress for it, and then I never wear it again because I know that I can just sew something new. And so I have an insane amount of clothes now and I can't fit them all in my wardrobes so they're in big tubs in the shed and in the shed yeah because I can't fit them in the house (laughs) and so 
I will occasionally do markets and sell off my stuff. Just unbelievable amounts of homemade clothes. <laughs> it's just, ah. <laughs> it's great. You're actually spreading the joy of your sewing when you sell I it at am, the markets. I am. Good on oh, you. I just want to quickly chuck in there with that. One of the other reasons why I took up sewing, if I can just while I remember it, yeah, is I'm a curvy girl. So I am short. I'm like five foot, like one, five foot two. And, you know, have big boobs and I'm a bigger, a bigger girl. Um, I'm certainly not a size 10. So to find vintage in my size is now impossible. When I was younger and I was all svelte and I was dancing for 10 hours, you know, a night. But as I've gotten older, it's very hard to find vintage in bigger sizes. And so that was another reason why I took up sewing because then I could make vintage clothing in my size and be able to have really nice day dresses and everything, but to fit me, because you just can't buy vintage ones in my size for girls with big boobies. So how did you find the style that really suits you? Oh, it, it's going to sound, I don't know, I guess a little bit strange, but I've sort of said to people, it was almost like being born again. I don't know, um, when people say I was born again Christian or something, I felt like I was born again, so I'd always struggled in my teen years, I was not popular by any means. My girlfriend and I were always odd. So we were always went against the grain. We always dressed really weird in the 80s. We always would wear clothes that were very out there. And we went to a, a swimming carnival once with all badges like Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet badges all over our togs with army boots. And so we would always be really weird. But I never knew... Yeah, where I kind of fit in, I didn't, I'd always felt like I didn't really fit in anywhere. And when I went to that first sort of big rockabilly dance and I was dressed like I didn't have any dresses or anything, so I was dressed in just black jeans and I had big spiral perm hair and I saw those people and they were so welcoming with me, like they just took me under their wing and I'm still best friends with them all today, you know, and they just took me under the wing and it was just so wonderful. Like I just felt complete. There was this big hole and then that kind of jigsaw puzzle piece went in and I went, huh, oh, there you go. I would not have thought that wearing 1950s dresses and red lipstick was me, but it turns out that it is. And yeah, I felt very complete. As the years have gone on, I will say in my 20s and early 30s, I was almost a purist when it came to vintage clothing. Like I only wore 1950s all the time, 24 seven, vintage pajamas, everything vintage. As I've gotten older and lazier, <laughs> um, I'm not as much of a stickler for being vintage all the time. As you get older, comfort becomes a little bit more important than wearing like a corseted boned cocktail dress. And so I, I still love vintage style and so vintage style, but I've changed the sort of vintage clothing I wear. Like I love tea timers. I'm wearing one at the moment, which is like a 1950s style blouse with a mandarin collar. And it's a vintage style, but it's very comfortable. And I live in Queensland, so it's hot all the time. So I wear a lot of pants. Like, like wide leg pants. pants. Yeah, so I still look vintage, but it's more of a comfortable vintage look now. Mm. And I don't feel like I 
need to wear vintage all the time now. You know, I don't feel that sort of thing as you get older. So now you've combined comfort and vintage styling. Yeah, in my 20s, I really felt like I had to be this persona of pure vintage. Like in, there's a lot of people in Rockabilly that, well, I was too, very, very passionate about it and like kind of purist about it. And I used to be that way. And then I think as you get older, you just can't be asked with all of that, like impressing other people like it, that becomes not important anymore. And you don't really care if I'm wearing a perfect 1950s dress. Now I don't worry so much about fitting in. Like I just wear what I like and what I'm comfortable in. And you've kept those elements in your lifestyle. Yeah. So I, I still sew vintage. I guess it's probably maybe a little bit more of a casual style now. I don't go out dancing all night now, so I don't really have a need to make huge, big taffeta cocktail dresses anymore. So I dress more and sew more for, like, my lifestyle now and comfort. Yeah, I think I've kind of tamed it down a lot now and I like more just classic basics than anything that was, like, outrageously 1950s or 1940s. The great thing is you've become part of the rockabilly scene, taken on the whole vintage look and made it into a Facebook group that people globally can have a look at and try out for themselves. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that and that's exactly why I started the group. Like That's exactly what I did it for. I hadn't been sewing for very long and, you know, it was 2014 when I started the group and probably been sewing for like maybe, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. And I thought, I'm going to start a group where people can ask each other for help. And so I started it for selfish reasons. So I could go on there and go, help, (laughs) what's this weird pleading thing on this pattern mean and have people help me. And then maybe I know something that I can help other people and a place where you could come and not be judged, a place for people that are complete beginners through to, we have people in the group that are like extraordinary professional costume designers and seamstresses and tailors to people that have literally just bought a sewing machine and don't even know how to thread it to people who make quilts, people that make toys, the sewing group's not just for vintage people. It's for people that can come and go, hey, look what I made. I'm so proud of it. And people can go, great job, you know, unreal. Or people can go, hey, look, I made this jacket. It's just not sitting right. What am I doing wrong? And people can go, oh, well, have you done this? Have you done this? Maybe try this. And I'd like it to be a community. And I'm very proud of it. I do run with like a bit of a a tight fist. I'm very fortunate though that that rarely happens. I rarely have trouble. But to think you'd ever have trouble in a sewing group, honestly, just staggering sometimes. I'd never ever thought that I would have trouble in a group about sewing. But I run it with a bit of an iron fist now where I have zero tolerance to bullying and nastiness. Yeah, I have a, a very much a thing no criticism if the person wants you to critique their clothing and go hey I posted this what have I done wrong okay but if they didn't ask for it then don't give it 
if you don't like it, then shut up and move on. Um, <laughs> keep it to yourself. You don't need to hear it. You know, there might be people sewing that have joined the group that are really anxious about it and have just started and they just want positivity, you know. It's a Pollyanna group. Love it. Yeah. Zero, zero tolerance to any kind of nonsense on the page. It's like you bully somebody, you're out. Yeah. But it's really lovely. And I love, uh, because I've been running it for so long now, I've seen people progress with their sewing skills. So somebody might have joined, you know, in 2014. And, and people have seen me, like, since my first A-line skirt and it progressed as well. I've come, like, wow since my jungle pants days. You've done such a good job in making the Facebook group a safe place to share your makes with. That is definitely what it is. It's a safe place for people to share their creativity. Like even if you make something and it's horror, like it's bloody awful, you tried, like you had a go, you made something, you know. That's right. You're just building on, okay, this is my level do another one, get a little bit better, incremental, and you're fine. Yeah. And you've created that space so people can do that. Yeah, that's what I try to keep in it, like a real positive community. And as I said, we have members from everywhere, everywhere around the world, from, you know, Southeast Asia to UK, America, Africa, everywhere in that group. And it's awesome. I love seeing people's creations from all around the world. It's so great. Yeah, that's a winner. Thanks so much, Vicky. <laughs> You've run us through how you started, what sewing really means to you at a personal level, how you've created the safe place with the Facebook group, and I just can't get over the, the Jungle Pants and the Jungle the Pants jungle dance. Pants, I, I think I actually even made them with two lots of backs. Okay. Oh, my God, they're so awful. My husband loves it when I wear them. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and for being on So Organised Style Podcast. We've loved your story, your background, the vibe that you've got and how you're creating a safe space for sewers on your Facebook group. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. I feel very honoured to have been part of this podcast. It's just been wonderful. Yeah, I feel very honoured. Thank you very much for having me. It's been wonderful to be able to chat about myself. So Organised Style Podcast was produced by me, Maria Theharis, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox and Lipson, our podcast platform. I look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone, and have a great day.